Welcome to the Not Your Average My podcast, where four Hmong American women working to move our community forward one conversation at a time. So tune in every month with Liz, Mania, Monica, and Katie as we dive into politics, pop culture, and all things related to being Hmong American. Let's get it! Hi listeners, it's been a hot minute since we've released an episode, but we are super, super excited to be back. So much has happened in our personal lives this this year. Three of us started new jobs. Two of us were planning um, our multiple weddings, and one of us got elected to political office recently. So as you can imagine, it's been super busy for all of us, um, and we haven't been able to release as many episodes as we have wanted to. But before we close out the year, we want to do a deep um, a recap of how our weddings went. Um, So thank you everyone for submitting questions. We got your questions on how we decided on on our invite list to how we budgeted to how much it cost. So we are here to answer all of your questions. Um, Since we have so much to share, we're actually going to make a two-part series. We'll cover all of our mom wedding experience and all of the questions about that in this first part. And then we'll focus on the American or make-out weddings um, for the second part. So let's get started. The first question that we received from a listener was, have you always known that you wanted a wedding? Monica, do you want to go ahead and answer that question first? When I saw this question, I was thinking to myself, did I always want a wedding? Yes. I think as a little girl, yes. Always wanted to have the big white dress, the big wedding, wanted to find my Prince Charming, whatever. But then I think as I got older, I was having a lot of like, you know, questions or a lot of um, internal conflicts about whether or not a wedding would be worth it. And, you know, we talked about this in the last episode, like, is it worth it? Do we have the money? Like, do I need it? Because then, of course, you know, my idea of a wedding and idea of a marriage was changing as, you know, we as I matured. But um, yeah, so I mean, in some ways, yes, I always wanted a wedding. I just you know, didn't know what it would be like until two years ago when we started planning. Yeah. When we got that question, I was like, I don't know. I think I did. I mean, maybe if you were to ask my friends from college, they they probably were like, hell yeah, you did. <laughs> but then I can't, I, first of all, I have really bad memories. So I'm just like, I don't remember if I did or not. But um, knowing <laughs> myself, I probably did. But also knowing myself, I if I had wanted one, it was going to be a nice one, right? Which meant that I was just going to have to wait and wait until we yes. were able to afford the wedding that we wanted. I'm glad we had two weddings. Um, just, again, really exhausted. Yeah, I feel like at least, I mean, lucky for me, mine were probably eight months apart. Your two weddings were a month or two months apart. So that's a lot. Like, I can't imagine because after our Mika wedding, I was like, I'm freaking tired. Like, I'm so exhausted, got sick, yeah. even in Hawaii, because I feel like we were just so freaking tired. So I can imagine having two weddings back to back. I feel like at least for me, the mom wedding was done in January, and then we had the rest of the time to plan for the Mika wedding. So that helped a lot. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's one lesson learned. I would not recommend to have weddings back yeah. to back like that. Even if it's a Mekong wedding or Hmong wedding, like there was so much work to do and we were just so physically tired. Yeah. Like, mentally, emotionally, physically tired. So would not recommend. I wish we had done our Hmong wedding sooner or, you know, like 
prior to the Hawaii wedding. Um, but like I, cause I, at the Hmong wedding, I felt like I had already done everything in Hawaii that like, I felt less emotional like ties, I guess. I don't know how yeah. to describe it, but I don't know if you felt that way, Manya, but like, I felt like Hawaii was just like, you know, like I ended with a bang yeah. right? and like the Hmong wedding was kind of just an extra thing to do, which yeah. I felt bad about, but, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved my Hmong wedding. I was so grateful for everyone and it was still like a great time, but it, it also just felt like something I needed to just check off the list. And I don't know. I didn't yeah. do everything that I thought I was going to do from at my Hmong wedding. Like I thought I was going to cry a lot more. I thought I was going to like have a lot more moments, you know, with family members where like I thought the like dressing up part was going to be more emotional. But at that point I was just so tired and was like, honestly, just- you know, sometimes people cry and sometimes people don't and that's okay. Like, I, I feel like even though I had a mom wedding first, I, well, first of all, my mom wouldn't allow me to cry at all. So, cause you know how these superstitions go where you're not supposed to cry. You can't eat vegetables. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. You, you're not supposed to cry. You can't eat vegetables. You can't, what? um, what is it? Gosh, I can't remember. That is only Yes, yeah, no pepper. Only- I don't know why. Yeah, there's no pepper for sure. Yeah. But everybody was crying and we had a hell of vegetables. That's so yeah, weird. So, I mean, but then again, like, I feel like every mom wedding, like, let's just talk about the mom wedding and then we can get to the Mika wedding. I feel like every mom wedding is so different and people always tell you like, oh, this is what usually happens at a mom wedding. But every single mom wedding is so different. And that's what I've realized when we had our mom wedding. And I'm really glad that we had our mom wedding first. Um, I honestly didn't care too much about planning the mom wedding, which is why I was really stressed out because it took me like two weeks to plan it <laughs> before it happened. And it was a backyard wedding, right? But it's also because my parents are very traditional. Tong's parents are really traditional. They didn't want us to have it at a banquet hall. Like they are very much like if he's going to the leech and high, he needs to do at the house. Uh, we need everything to happen at the house. Um, we were able to order food, but like the food that we cater couldn't be brought inside the house, right? Like if it was vegetables, vegetable dishes, we couldn't place them on the table inside. So I feel like I had a very different experience because it was very, very, very traditional to the T. And, uh, you know, my parents wanted the way that it was and I respected it, but I also felt like I was very happy with everything that happened because I think, I think Tal and I, First of all, we we actually financed the mom wedding as well, part of it, which is why we also had a lot of say how how it went. Um, but I I'm really glad that we it happened first because I feel like everybody who needed to be invited got invited to it. So then when it came to the Mika wedding, it was just very much like my parents were like, "This is their money. They are putting this Mika wedding together. We have no say in it. We don't need to invite anybody, right?" So I think that helped a lot. Yeah, that's why in. in- in so many ways, like I would have wished we'd done a Hmong wedding first. And that's, I, I tried to ask my parents to do that, but then my dad was like, no, the Hawaii wedding is the most important. Really? So, yeah. Um, and, you know, my mom and dad also, like, you guys didn't have a lot of say in our wedding because, like, I just wanted to control everything and we were financing it also and did not, like, ask for anybody's financial support. Yeah. Um, and, so for the Hmong wedding, my mom was really into planning everything, really like wanted things done a certain way. And I'm like, so that's fine. Like I, I basically let them plan the whole thing, but I don't know. Like I just, it was different. And it was also at a banquet hall was not as traditional for obvious reasons too. Cause our house is super small. Like it would not have fit 300 people. It could barely fit like 
30 people. Girl, so this like, my parents' house that we still had to do at home. We, I, yeah, had to like, order, I, I had to like uh, rent a porta oh. potty because there was only one bathroom in the house. It was, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. this is like normal event planning, right? Yeah. And like I had offered and I asked my mom, oh, do we want to do it at home or just keep it small, you know? And like because I was so stressed out from the Mika wedding, I was like, in many ways, wished we had done a smaller Hmong wedding and yeah. just kept it more intimate. But, you know, my parents are so like, oh, I have so-and-so and, like, it's so important and you're, like, the first girl, yeah. the first person in our – the first child to get married, right? Uh, so there was just, like, a lot, I think, of different pressures. Like, I, of course, was still really grateful, but um, – and it was, like, a beautiful event. But, yeah, I think my emotions at that point were just so exhausted that yeah. – I was like, yeah, let's just put on the clothes. I'm not going to cry. I cried during my speech a little bit, but like that was it, you know? Um, And, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm just so surprised because like I see all these Hmong videos of like all their daughters crying and their moms crying when they get dressed. And like it just did not happen because I was like, okay, mom, let's go. I'm so tired, you know? And, and, you know, Katie's mom helped dress me too. And like my aunt was there. But like I thought it was going to be a whole thing where like, you know, all my girl cousins, all my aunts. And like, I thought, cause you know, that's just what you see, right? Yeah. Like everyone gets married, everyone watching. And I was like, wow, this is like not at all how I thought it was going to be, which was fine. Um, but, but I'm curious, like, what you know, would you, like, what did you think you were going to cry about? I think just the, like, I guess emotional parts of it. And like every, I have always seen that that part is like, yeah. The, where like every daughter cries or every mom cries yeah. but I think because we already had that moment in Hawaii also that like you know it didn't happen then and I didn't want to afford anything and I just treated it more as like having fun and I think I also told myself yeah like I am still my parents daughter so it's not like I'm never gonna see them again so I think I also internalized that and didn't make it such a big deal like oh I'm leaving now like this is it <laughs> I don't know. I was not asking you. A lot of the time they tell you a lot of things and it's really sad. And then they, they, they reflect on their own wedding day and then you cry and then they cry and everybody's crying. And then you're just like, yeah. Oh gosh, now you're like wiping snot on each other and stuff. <laughs> but it really depends who's in your room. Cause some of the stories are like so sad or like, you know, they're like, we've never had a wedding. We were, you know, or like my mom was an orphan, you know, so she didn't have anyone to dress her at her wedding and things like that. So it just really depends who's in your room and what they say to you and the relationship you have with like those around, um, you know, like being, I, I don't, I don't remember crying, but I am like, there's only my sister and I, so there's only two of us. And so, you know, and my mm-hmm. wedding happened really fast. And so then of course my mom was like really sad. Cause she was like, you know, I wanted you to have more, um, but it was so um, fast because of your situation and stuff. And we, you know, want to give you everything and it was on a Friday. So like, you know, like it was yeah. really off and everybody who wanted to be there couldn't be there. Yeah. So it really just, in your room and the things that they say to you and because this is also post-covid or you know during covid there's not as much as gathering and you know like a whole day getting ready and and because you didn't have the wedding wasn't at your house you know you guys weren't there at five in the morning preparing and then going to the room to dress so yeah i think it was like all of that right like i remember for katie's like katie already left before i got home from middle school like i didn't even get to say bye to her you know and and like for art for my wedding it was just so chaotic because like 
My mom was still getting dressed. Bina and Liz were still getting dressed and putting on their own makeup. All my nieces that were helping us were, you know, getting dressed. And then like everyone else was still like prepping the food for the hall, you know, because yeah. everyone was about to come, right? Like doors were opening. And then we were just like, okay, hurry, hurry. Like, let's get dressed. And then we had the video and the photo team also like, oh, lay out your clothes and like, let's get it, you know. Yeah. And they did a great job. Like I, I'm really excited to see it, but yeah, I guess I just thought I would be more emotional during that part. Um, and I wasn't, yeah. which is fine. You and Nick are living together. And like, you know, in a traditional Hmong wedding, it's the girl who gets taken over to his house. And she's been there for like, was it three days, four days before coming back to see her family? So, I mean, like, and, and they go with nothing, you know, like they can't bring anything with them. So like, it is kind of sad and scary. And you're sort of like, oh my gosh, I miss all my stuff. I miss my bedroom. I miss yeah. my family. You know, like I'm probably back. You know, like it, it is overwhelming like that, you know, it's like, you know, yeah. but you guys are already like together, you guys already been established and you guys are, you know, you're coming like, kind of like from home, you yeah. know, like, oh, I'm going to bed. But then there's a lot of like other emotions that play into it. You know, once you're like going to someone else's family and like, this is your first time living with them and you're, you just had your side of the, uh, the his side of the family do their ceremony for you too. And you're like, okay, I want to go home now. I'm tired of killing chicken for like three days, you know, like, you know, real things like that. So, I mean, it, it's going to play out differently because it was yeah. different. Yeah. But I think it's also because like, <clears throat> I knew that no matter what, I will always be there to help my parents. I'm going to see them like three yeah. days after, or I'm going right? to see them when I'm, whenever I'm back home. So to me, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get married and I'm never going to see you guys again. Or like, I'm not going to help you in the same way. Like, no, I knew that I'm, yeah. that I'm going to, that we're still going to help my parents more or we're going to help them in the same way. So I wasn't sad about yeah. that. I, I was surprised though that, um, and also like, I, and you know, like I, I feel you, Monica, when you're like, oh, when you look at these videos, like people are sad and they're crying with their moms. Dude, my mom was like, you better not cry. <laughs> she, like, she was very much like, do not cry. She did not share any stories when she was putting clothes on me. It's, it's funny that actually the guys in my family cried, right? Like my dad cried, which Aww. made me cry on Friday. So our, yeah. again, like our wedding was very traditional. So we, it was a two full day event. On Friday, when like he gave money to my parents and then um, a bunch of my grandpa's uncles, my dad, they took me to a room and they asked if I was happy with the amount that Tong gave to my parents, right? Like if they're, if I'm not happy, then they're going to go back to renegotiate for more money as gifts, right? And I'm like, first of all, it's from our freaking bank account, same account. It's my money. <laughs> it's also my money. So like if I give more money to my parents, like it's coming from our account. Um <laughs> And in that moment, in that moment, I was like, oh, shoot, what do I do? Like, I, I did not anticipate that they would ask me how much money we should be giving to my parents, right? Like, I didn't think they were going to involve me in terms of, like, the negotiation at all. So I asked my dad, like, what would you want me to do? Like, I will do whatever you want. If you want more, we're going to ask for more. If you don't, then no, right? And he said no, and he started crying. So that was when I got really emotional because I was oh, like, oh, my gosh, like, I didn't think my dad was going to cry. And he was so emotional, like, throughout the whole day on Friday, um, so I, I, I was just really surprised that it was actually like the men in my family who were really emotional. And then my grandpa on Saturday, first of all, he has dementia. So he didn't understand like why he was there until I got dressed. And then he realized that, oh, like I was getting married. And then he started talking to me and crying. So then that made me really sad. 
And then my mom was like, don't cry. Like, stop talking to grandpa so that you'll stop crying. And I'm like, well, I can't help, you know, <laughs> that he's crying. Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't know. Like, I think it was just a different experience where I was like, wow, like the men in my family were emotional and they were not afraid to show it. Whereas for my mom, it was like yeah. very tough, like to not cry. You know, we don't like, don't make these superstitions come true and all of that. So that was my experience. Wow. And it was so sweet because I was like, I don't really see my yeah. dad cry. And I think he was really touched in that, you know, we actually did the wedding that they wanted it to be done. Right. Like I was like, I'm not going to run away with Tong. You know, I'm freaking 30. I'm not going to do that. Like, how I'm going to honor my parents is for him to come ask for my hand in marriage and to show my parents the respect that they deserve. So I think everything went yeah. really well and my parents were really happy with how everything went and the outcome and all of that. And I think um, anyway, like it was just really emotional for my, for my dad because um, just the thought of like, Oh, we want to honor you in this way to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. I don't know. So it was it was really sweet. But anyway, um, the point of the story is that, yeah, like the women in my family did not cry at all. It was the guys. <laughs> you know, I have to say, um, I think Hmong men are actually more sensitive than we think they are. And they just are not allowed to yeah. really show their emotions as much. Because like even in Hawaii, like my dad cried before my mom oh. did, you know, when like he, when he walked me down and when he he, he like gave me away. That's like when I started to cry because yeah. like, my mom was fine too. Like when we were putting on my dress, you know, like there were no tears until like my dad started to cry, you know, oh. like, I don't know. Why? Because it's different for them from us. Yeah. We, as a female, you know that you are always going to leave your family. But when your dad gives you away, he is literally cutting you from the spiritual family claim. Yeah. Like on my wedding day, when I showed up at my house, the first thing they said to me is, today we welcome you as a guest. Yeah. You are no longer a part of our family in spirit like that. You are with Itudakochia. So it's like, you know, like when you realize that, like, not because, but that is the way it is, you know? So like, if you were to be sick, it would not be us calling you. It would be your new family, your father-in-law, your husband calling you into their house, you know, into their spirit. And so, like, that's why it's, like, you know, it's, like, so overwhelming for, like, dads and stuff. It's, like, you know, you're giving away your daughter. And, of course, like, you know, I'm sure they run through their mind, like, have I treated my wife good? You know, how will this man treat my daughter? Like, you know, those are the reality oh, yeah. checks, you know? I those hope are the so. things that, like, my dad, like, you know, he told me before. He was just, like, you know, like, you know, I haven't always been the best father or husband but I want you to have the best, you know, and it's a reflection. So, so it's like, it's hard. And like, you know, because I mean, and plus like what little girl isn't a daddy's girl at one point, you know, like we, that's who we idolize as a little kid, you know, like we grow up sometimes yeah. and realize they're not the best person, but that's a whole different story, you know, but like for the most part, you know, like there's just that bond there that is different. And our moms, they've always been tough and brave. Of course, they're not going to cry. Yeah. You know, they're just like, you know what? Like we taught them to be brave you know so it's like they're they've got it you know and so like and honestly let's be real it is the woman who carry the men you know it, they are the backbone of our our families and our yes. culture so it's like yes. I, I know they're not gonna cry they can go up there but if they aren't happy with what's being said at the table even though they're in the kitchen they're listening you know but like you know, and yeah. it is like all the emotions coming in for the men to finally experience. We've dealt with it, you know, like 
with chunks at a time. They just hold it all in. It was, I don't know. It was just so different, but such a pleasant wedding, like way more pleasant than I thought it was going to be. I think that weddings have evolved. Like what we saw probably like with our older sisters in like the nineties has really changed. And like what I've told you guys, you know, even though, I mean, I got married like a little bit before you guys, even my own wedding was completely different. And I think that's just because like our own community has seen so much tragedy that has come from, you know, forced marriage and all of that and pressure from the families. I think that, you know, they have really adapted and they do realize that these are their kids and they want the best for them no matter what. And, you know, I think that's a great thing. And I told you guys, your mom weddings won't be so bad. Remember, let's go back to some clips from the bride's bride, y'all. Yeah, I mean, I did have to fight my parents on a lot of stuff, right? But I, I yes, think what helped, a lot of fighting along the way. I think what yeah. helped was that I'm, uh, like, Tal and I are much older when we got married yeah. and that we were able to finance a lot of stuff. So I think that helped us because... It wasn't like, yes, like his parents wanted me to run away, but it wasn't their money that they're using for the mom wedding. It was telling my money. So they have no say in me running away, right? Like at the end of the day, like they wanted me to run away, but Tong was like, nope, this is what we're doing. We're going to move Weecha High. So it's either you're on board or you're not. And my in-laws, like, I mean, they, they couldn't do anything. So for them, it's like, okay, we will support whatever you want to do. Um... I think in the beginning, when Tom and I first talked to my parents about getting married, my mom was like, oh, if his parents want you to run away, then just go. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm not going to. And like my mom and I got into this huge argument because she was like, you know, don't be short tempered. Don't be this and that. If you're that way, they're not going to want to marry you. So if they want you to do that, just do. And I was like, hell fucking no. Like, I'm not going to run away because I don't want to. Like, I want to respect you too. And I want him to come ask for my hand in marriage. And my dad was very much supporting me, right? He was like, no, my daughter is 30 plus. Like, she's not going to run away. Like, if he wants to marry her, he's going to come to the house and ask for her hand in marriage. So I think for my mom, it was very much like, oh, because you're a woman, if they want you to do this, just do it. Um, So like, there were a lot of fights that we had throughout the whole process until like, the event itself right so i mean that was like a huge thing that tom and i had to work through too because he was like well if my parents want that then like maybe we should consider it and make it easy for everyone i was like no dude i am not i'm not gonna fly all the way to california and then run away with you to your house and then come back to my parents (laughs) house like that is so ridiculous yes i love okay so i think this brings up to our next question right like how did we decide like what to do for the Hmong weddings. And like, I think someone asked us what roles did our family members play during the ceremony and receptions or whatnot? Like, I feel like, you know, for our listeners, for, for Hmong women everywhere and, and Hmong men, right? Like as you consider your partners and your weddings, like really at the end of the day, stick to your like truest yes. like, goals, stick to your, like whatever it is that you and your partner wants, like, do your best to stick to it. Otherwise you will not be happy. Like you will not like, and there's so many things I'm sure that we did along the way that I'm now in reflection that, you know, we probably could have done better or, or, you know, probably didn't need to do, but like, yeah. Oh, if I cannot emphasize that enough and like do what you want to do. And this is not to say that like, Oh, I'm shaming people who 
actually, you know, decided to go the other route, oh, like yeah. to run away or to go with their husbands to his house first, right? Like, to me, I was never comfortable with that concept. And I knew that the best way to respect my parents and honor my parents was for him to come ask for my hand in marriage, right? So that was what yes. I had wanted. And that's not to shame anybody who did the other route. Like for some people, like they believe that the other route is a much better testament to loving your partner. And that's how you feel. And that's how you feel. Right. But I feel like do what makes you most comfortable at the end of the day. And for me, it was like, like, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to run away. Um, but I mean, there were just a lot of things that my parents and I discussed, you know, like I didn't, I didn't want a bride price. And, um, my parents were very honest with Tong and that, you know, when he, when they were talking to him about it, this was way before the wedding itself. They basically tell him like, if you're thinking about a right price, like you're never going to be able to pay it, right? Like it's priceless. You're not going to be able yep. to pay it, but we still yep. want some sort of, um, or, you know, proof that like you are coming here to marry, my daughter. So they still wanted him to pay for the finances of the mom wedding itself. And to some people, they see that as a bright price. But for my parents, it was like, it's not a bright price. It is very much a token of your appreciation to our family to pay for the wedding. So that was, that was what we did. And I'll bring another thing, right? Like the mom prenup is a huge thing where they cite however much the bride have saved throughout her whole life to everyone, right? I told my parents, I'm not trying to get robbed. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want you all to tell people how much I have saved. So I will tell yeah. you how much I have, but I don't want this announced to anyone at all. And they, they very much respected that. Like they didn't announce it at our house. When we got to Tong's house, parents' house, they didn't announce it. They were very much like, you know what? This is how much the bride and groom have as a couple. And we're not going to share it with anyone. Right. So I wanted very specific things. And like, yes, I fought my parents through them, but I think at, at the end of the day, they wanted to respect what I have wanted. I wanted to like honor them in the ways that they have wanted. So it was very much a compromise, but it was a very hard journey to like get there. Um, and then everything turned out really well. And then, you know, it's like, you're happy. Right. But it was, it wasn't always like, Oh, this is how it's going to happen. I I'm with you. Maria. I don't know. Did you guys many, have a bump prenup? Many, <laughs> many bumps. No, I mean, but they, you know, I didn't realize that that was a thing also until like we were planning ours and, you know, I was asking my parents, well, what do you guys want? And my parents are just like, we just want to make it easy for you and Nick. And so we don't need to do all that stuff. We don't need to buy price. Cause yeah, at the end of the day, like we are priceless, right? Our parents did everything in their power to give us, you know, what they wanted and what we wanted. And like the whole prenup thing. And like also asking, you know, how everyone asks like, oh, how much does she get? Like how many gifts did she oh, get? Yeah. Like I also told my parents like, I don't think you guys need to announce that. And, and they were in agreement and said, you know, we, we won't say anything. If people ask, we'll just say, oh, we don't know because, you know, they took, they took the gifts and the money to come on their own and we don't oh. need to share it with anybody. Um, which is great. But again, so many things that happen that I'm just like, oh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to articulate. I feel like people are always like, oh, my weddings are so cheap. And honestly, in our experience, it was not like we pay so, not we pay so freaking much for this month, buddy. And I'm like, it was a backyard wedding for two whole days, right? Um, yeah. Because people are always like, oh, it's not expensive. And I was like, dude, we spent like probably over 20,000 and it was a two day backyard wedding. Yes. Any event 
Mung or Mika wedding, dude, is going to be at least $10,000. Yeah, our one one day wedding at the hall, $10,000. So for you, Manya, for two days, it makes sense that yours was $20,000. But, like, but I, I, yeah, but I think like we are including, I mean, I'm including like the money that Tong brought to my parents' house, right? To, to, to yeah. pay for the Hmong wedding. And then I also pay for stuff on my own in terms of catering. Tong's parents pay for stuff on their side. My parents pay for stuff on yeah. their side. And then my parents also bought, you know, like mom clothes and gifts to yeah. give to us. And it was a lot of money. Like, and I remember I was fighting my mom about this because she kept saying like, oh, you know, right? Like, and you already know how I feel about like money trauma. I, I was just so triggered because I'm like, I know you don't have a lot of money, but I'm not asking for a lot. And I'm also paying for a lot of the stuff that I want, right? So it's not your money. It's my money. So I don't want you, you to keep saying that like, oh, so we can't do this and that because Tom and I are basically paying for it. So like my mom and I probably fought and argued about that for the month up until the wedding. And in the end, like we still pay for a lot of stuff. So we just did what we wanted to yeah. do. But then at the end, like- what, what- uh-huh. It's not because there really isn't any money. They just don't want you to spend your money on it because that's your future money. You yeah. know, well, that's why moms say that all the time, but not because they don't want to give you the best. Dude, I said that to my mom and she was like, oh, did you, did you, did you, did you, did you, and she still spends so much money. Dude, I know how you feel, Mania, because I've like the whole time too, I was fighting my mom. Don't spend money on these things that do not matter. And what does she do? Spend money on these things that don't matter. See, mom, you're the opposite. Like, my mom was you. I was your mom <laughs> for my mom wedding. But I think in the end, I was like, I like I knew that my parents don't have a lot of money. But then I also was yeah. like, I don't want you to spend your life savings, which is why, like, when we chose to get, yes. like, when we chose to get married, we were able to fin- financially pay for both the mom wedding and Mika wedding, right? But in the end, you know, like my parents gave me a lot of stuff, like a lot of gifts, like mom clothes, yeah. like because my mom is very much about being fair. She gifted a lot of stuff to my oldest sister. So she needed to give me the same amount of mom clothes, mom outfits, yep. the same amount same. of like silver necklace and all of that stuff. So they spent a lot of money on their end, which is the gifts, right? Like it's like even like paying for the wedding itself. But um, that is to say when people are like, oh, mom weddings are not expensive. Like that is a freaking lie because it's hella money. It's a lot of money. Hella money. Any event is hella money. Yeah. I just got it. So for anyone planning two weddings like us, listeners, like buffer in at least six months in between because yeah. there is so much money being being spent. Like and so much time and just so much mental energy. Ugh, I can go on and on. but. I digress. But I do say want to say that make sure you do like what Manya was saying that do talk about like what you do want to see at your home wedding, what you don't want to see. Because then like a lot of times, you know, it's led by someone in the family clan yeah. and it could go like really ugly if you don't like put down your foot or don't give them something to work with because they don't know what you want. They don't a lot of the time they don't even know you on a personal level like oh, that. Absolutely. So, Definitely um, don't be afraid to speak your mind and tell them what you want to see, what you don't want to see. Yeah. Um, and maybe don't invite your ex. <laughs> oh, my God. Did somebody not, invite not their ex? Happens. I mean, like, not that it happens to me, but I've seen other people who are the ex show up. Wow. Like, That's true. Dude, Mika people are crazy. Like, I have seen Mika people 
on Instagram invite his ex to be the the like the best man. What the, the hell? That's too much. That is messy and dirty and gross. I don't know. Maybe they've healed through all that, but yeah, I I am total agreement that that's just too much. But I I think this goes back to what you were saying, Minya. Like us being older and having financial power helped with us having to have a say. Like I don't know what it's like for younger kids nowadays or kids who are getting married earlier and how have parents you know who can give them weddings and i gotta say young kids these days they have nice ass fucking weddings and i'm like damn how are y'all affording this <laughs> like so you know in in some ways i'm sure maybe like this is why i let my mom kind of just have free reign because i knew she was like investing in it and i i didn't want to like cross her because i know this is what she wanted to do yeah. but like you know when you're planning your own wedding or when you when it's you the couple like I think it does help that we're older and that we had money. I don't know what it's like for younger kids these days. I'm, and I'm sure they didn't get to control a lot. Or maybe they did. Yeah. I don't know. You but. know, what I also realized, I think in my experience, I also had more control over how things went in my house, at my parents' house, because I was there, right? Like, you don't reach it high. So, yeah. like, I was planning with my parents and helping prep the house until the day of the wedding. I can just imagine yeah. somebody who is coming back with the groom, right? Like, obviously, you had no say in how things were going because you were at your in-law's house. But I think for me, because I was home, I was like, I was prepping everything. So like, I was making these orders, <laughs> you know? And I think yeah. it helped where, because I was at my parents' house, I was able to help them. Um, but I do want us to answer this question from a listener. They asked, how did y'all decide who was going to go to your mom wedding versus American wedding without upsetting elders? Um, that's why we had two weddings. (laughs) Like I knew, and I told my parents from the get go only first immediate cousins, like very, very immediate. So like Katie's family, Chia's family, and then my dad's adopted brother's family were all invited. And to the Mika wedding, all of my mom, yep, to the Mika wedding. Mm -hmm. And then all of my um, mom's siblings were invited. So all my aunts and their husbands came from my mom's side. And then Pretty much um, Katie's family and like half of Katie's family, half of Chia's family came and like that. Yeah, that was like all we invited in terms of like that. And that was already 100 people. That was was already like half the guest list. And, you know, we invited 160 people. So like just imagine, you know, if we had extended even more, like we would not have had the budget for it. Yeah. So that's why I decided – we needed two weddings because everyone was already in Minnesota, right in the Midwest. Everyone can just come to the Hmong wedding afterwards. And it worked out because like half the people who couldn't come to the Hmong wedding um, or to the Hawaii wedding came to the Hmong wedding and, you know, vice versa. I think for us, um, obviously Hmong weddings, open invite, show up whenever you want to. But because ours was at my my parents' house, everybody and anybody who was able to show up showed up. I invited a lot of Hmong folks from like high school, college. Some people showed up, some people didn't, but it was also like during the height of COVID. So I, I wasn't feeling some type of way people couldn't show up. Um, and oh, then in terms of the Mika wedding, honestly, we it was a hard decision, but we only invited one first cousin family from each side. And Tong has a bunch of first cousins. He only invited one first cousin family, all of their siblings. And then for me, one first cousin family, um, 
Yeah. Our parents, we did not give them any invites. They could not invite anybody. And they were okay with it because it was our money at the at the end of the day. So that was how we that was how we decided on like wedding guests for both the mom wedding versus Mika wedding. Alrighty. Thanks everyone for tuning in to our first episode of our wedding recap series. We'll be answering more of your questions in the next part. Um, we would love to hear from you in terms of your mom wedding experiences. How was that for you? Did you have a similar experience? What are some lessons learned that you would like to share with us? Um, we'll love to hear more from, from you all. And stay tuned for our next episode on, um, on the wedding recap. Thank you. Bye. Bye.